love getting older. As I've aged, I'm much less tolerant of bad behavior from others, which in turn has made me a happier person because I don't allow people to treat me badly anymore, which means I may have fewer friends, but I have way better friends. Hello, welcome to the Frugal Fit Mom podcast. This is Christine, your host, and I have my better half with me today, Dave, my husband of 19 years. Welcome. What's up, everybody? I have a fun, quick, snappy episode today. You're going to like this. Okay. Okay. This is going to be answer these questions as quickly as possible. What should we call it? Quick tips. Hot takes. <laughs> do you, do you have hot, a good... Hot laps? Hot laps. Not hot lips. <laughs> it's a working title <laughs> for uh, nice and quick Q&A questions, essentially. So basically what it is, is they're fun questions I get on Instagram and we're going to try and answer them quickly without getting too deep in the weeds. All right. Okay. So I am super curious to know your answer to this question, which is what is the biggest benefit to decluttering that you have found so far? Dave, you go first. Peace of mind. Really? Yeah. That was quick. You don't want to elaborate. There's just so much. It just takes a lot off your plate. Everything has a place. There's not stuff just taking up visual space, reminding you of what you haven't done. Yeah, no, I, I like that. For me, it's knowing what was a waste of money in the first place. Ooh, that is the truth. <laughs> right? Like you see things and you're like, why? Why did I think this was a good idea? And why am I hanging on to it? I'll never forget. This is a funny story, but I'll, I'll share it quick. <laughs> Violating your own rules. I am. Oh, I'm going to, okay. Is the, the clock's going? Tick, 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 tick. Go. Okay. Remember when we were trying to move from Texas and we were going through the garage and you had a can of upholstery cleaner, like car upholstery cleaner from 1972 and you didn't want to throw it away. Do you remember <laughs> I don't that? Remember I that. remember it so well because I was like, we don't need this. And you were like, but just in case. And I was like, it's 2012. It's from 1972. If yeah. you haven't needed it yet, you don't need it. Yeah, the just-in-case thing used to kill me. Yeah, it really did. We've gotten better at that. Okay, what is your favorite road trip snack? I'll go first on this one. My favorite road trip snack is candy. I didn't say it was the best for you, but it is my favorite road trip snack, candy. Maybe French fries is a close second. Peach rings. Like and eggs. <laughs> Yours is candy, too. <laughs> yeah. What national park would you recommend for beginning hiker and dog? So just to clarify, dogs are not allowed on hiking trails in national parks. Yeah, I was going to say right off the bat, they disqualified every national park. <laughs> yeah, you did. You can't take a dog into national parks. You can typically take them to a campsite on a leash, only in approved areas, but it's really minimal. So if you've got pets, do not take your pets to a national park. That being said... What national park would you recommend for a beginning hiker? Well, there's a lot of them and it's a big country. Almost any of them. Yeah, I'd say so. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I haven't been to all of them, but most of the, the national parks we've been to have been awesome for families. There's hikes at a mile, two, three, 10, 20. Yeah. A little bit of something for everyone. Yeah. So I don't think you can go wrong. Pick the closest one. Get on a, a community board, a Facebook group, something. Yeah, I'm on a Facebook national parks group, and it's amazing because people talk about their favorite hikes, their travel plans, what parks they love. They share pictures. It's cool. One last thing. You could even use all trails and put in a ton of filters for like the length you want to go, the elevation you want to climb. 
and it will just spit out all the things within a certain radius. It's just great. I love this one. What are your favorite YouTube channels? Okay, I love Matt's Off-Road Recovery. I yeah. love, it used to be Seth's Bike Hacks, but I love, it's Burn Peak, Burn Peak Express. Oh, he changed the name. He did. Oh, okay. Single Track Sampler is his friend. Uh-huh. And I just love his passion for mountain biking. I don't know. That's most of my big ones. Okay, I'm obsessed with Sid and Mackie right now. Yeah, Sid and Mackie's great. I, I just love them. They're a mountain biking channel. I, this is a topic that I like. It's not necessarily a channel, but a topic. I love a home reno, a room reno, ripping out a kitchen and redoing it. If you're doing that on your channel, I will probably go watch that episode. So there's a few channels who have done some of that. It's not all they do. And the, and the room redos and the rip out redos. Those are the only videos I watch on mm. those channels because they're just, they're so fascinating. There's Almost nothing more satisfying than watching a painting time lapse of painting a wall from like one hideous <laughs> color to a better color. Yeah. That is glorious. I know you love that. I do love that. I like this one. Do you ever have days where your energy is lacking and doing all the things just doesn't feel like it's going to happen? How do you cope? Yeah, those happen. Yeah, they for happen sure. for sure. Yes. I especially feel that in the evenings, <laughs> like right now. <laughs> like, like right now, like this evening right now? Coping is actually fairly easy. I think you just have to let your body relax. You have to listen to your body and you just do something else at home. Sometimes I do yoga. Sometimes I just take a bath. <laughs> Why are you laughing right now? <laughs> that sound... I can't believe I just, you can't put that on your podcast. <laughs> Why not? You take some bath. <laughs> listen. I go to the sauna. You, you take a sauna. That's what you do. Um, You and your baths. Oh, that's dang funny. I like me that Epsom salt bath, man. I know. Okay. I have a question. I don't want to, this is supposed to be quick. One, one, two minutes, right? But you bring up a super interesting point. Some people can't let that go. If they have like this list of things they want to do or, or something in their head, they feel like they have to do and they can't shut it off. They feel guilty. They're like, I can't go to sleep until X, Y, Z is done, even though they're burning the candle at both ends or whatever the cliche phrase is. What would you say to that? Learn how to surrender. Yeah, you have to let it go. And I don't yeah. know how to let it go if you struggle with that. I've decided that my guilt meter is broken because <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem letting those dishes sit until tomorrow. The Chasing Excellence podcast has an awesome episode on surrendering. And just like not obsessing with outcomes all the time. Yes. And it's been helpful. Well, they're a great podcast, period. Yeah. Speaking of podcasts, what's your favorite podcast? Chasing Excellence, Ben Bergeron. Yeah. For me, that's like one of my favorites. One of my top ones. The Letter from KSL. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you guys, it is a phenomenal story about like just a really awful, terrible murder of a young boy. And then how their family and community have healed. It is just really touching. I really enjoy a few episodes of the Rich Roll podcast, depending on who the guest is. But I feel like that's pretty great. Every now and then I listen to Tim Ferriss. Mm -hmm. And I will even listen to The Daily Stoic. Okay, next question. I have a really hard time with this question. So I'm interested to see what you have to say. What advice have you given someone that you would now take back? Ooh. Whoa. 
Did, um, I, did um, I tell anybody else to um, become a teacher? I hope not. Because <laughs> I take that back. Take that back. That's a that's a tough one, isn't it? That's a toughie. Because I like to think all of my advice is brilliant. <laughs> I think in the early days of us mountain biking and getting into cycling, I probably told some people to buy a few bikes here and there that I probably wouldn't have bought myself. That's a very specific piece of advice. Yeah. But even then, I, I don't know, like most of those were not bad purchases. Like I think to the, one of the people I'm thinking of, it was still probably the best bike for him for the price. So mm -hmm. I don't know. There's very little advice that I regret giving. I feel like if there's something I feel really strongly about, I want to, I want to help people with it. Yeah. Maybe unsolicited advice. There's probably some times I wish I hadn't given my sister's advice because they just don't want to hear me anyway. <laughs> but was it bad advice? It wasn't bad advice, but I would take it back because it wasn't. It wasn't. Wanted. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't wanted. There's been conversations I wish I could take back. <laughs> there's been statements or phrases I've said that I, even, even that day where I've been like, why am I so stupid? Like, why would I say something like that? And I kick myself, but it was never advice that I regret. Yeah. If you won the lottery, would you stop trying to be frugal? Okay. <laughs> There's so many problems with that question. First of all, I would never play the lottery. Second of all, <laughs> oh my gosh. do you know how many books and podcasts that are like really intelligent people say, I would only wish winning the lottery on my worst enemy. Oh, you got that from the Happiness Lab. The Happiness Lab is a great example That's of that. That's a one. great podcast if you haven't listened to it. They say that winning the lottery is one of the fastest ways to ruin your life. So, oh, okay, well, I hate the question. You, okay, stop. <laughs> let's say you become a movie star actor. You're in this big hit with Andrew Garfield because he's on my brain right now. That's why I thought of him. And you're now bringing in. $10 million per movie. I, I would say I you, wouldn't stop being frugal. I think being frugal would change definitions. Well, let's, let's define maybe, maybe frugal that, Maybe that's the wrong way. Maybe I'd say being frugal when you're wealthy looks different. I know a lot of wealthy people that are very frugal. Agreed. Very frugal. Like, I don't think it has anything to do with having money at all. It's just putting priorities and intentionality behind what the value of things are to you. Right, right. The people I'm talking about, there was this family who I would have considered wealthy that we knew. And he drove this like 1982 Geo Metro. You know who I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Like old clothes, little rumply, you know, the like you'd look at them and nothing about them screamed wealth, even a little bit, nothing. They were kind and generous and house was paid for. Well, I didn't know that at the time, but I went to their house and I was like, whoa, this is your property? And then I found out their house was paid for and I was like, okay, your Geo Metro is pretty stinking cool now. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm digging it. Yeah. I know a lot of wealthy people that are extremely frugal. But that's probably how they got wealthy. But their execution of frugal looks different than it what does for when we were poor and young and didn't I have anything. Oh, I would have called that cheap. Yes. That that's cheap, not frugal. And it was both in many, in some cases for us. So some people think being wealthy or having money means you got to get the Louis Vuitton purse and you got to do the, I, I don't know, drink the Cristal, Cristal. How do you pronounce it? I wouldn't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I need a starting point for starting a healthy, nutritious and fit lifestyle, a starting point. 
Okay, well, there's multiple places to start. Just pick one thing. Give them one thing. Anything that would help them have a healthier lifestyle. Now, I don't know what their lifestyle is, so I don't know what that looks like. Like, they could be drinking and smoking and, like, eating donuts every day. Do you day. want to pick nutrition and I'll pick activity? Because th those are the two that I want to start with. Okay, yeah, sure. I'll do I'll do nutrition. One thing, since I don't know what they eat, like, I have no idea. Yeah, what there's no context. There's no, Yeah, that's, it's hard to say because there's, yeah, I don't have a lot of info here, but I really like to think about what you can add. So as far as nutrition goes, add water, add vegetables, add protein, add less processed food. So instead of Twinkies, you're eating roasted potatoes, right? You're still getting carbs and they still taste delicious. But I mean, what is a Twinkie? What is it even made of? It's not biodegradable. <laughs> Those things last forever. I feel like that's a good starting point. As far as activity level, I would say find an activity you like to do and can do five days a week. Okay. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it is as long as you can do it five days a week for at least 20 to 30 minutes. So you're saying the argument between cardio versus weightlifting is null and void. you got to start somewhere. And yeah. I think starting with an activity that you love and a habit that you can create out of it is the biggest one you can create. Now, just keep in mind this next question. This is a fast answer. Are you ready? Okay. It's a fast answer. What's your best advice for a new YouTuber trying to get to a thousand subs? Okay, here's mine. Trying to get to a thousand subs. I, I gotta say, it's really hard. Upload consistently. Be really interesting. And you have to have a thumbnail and title that someone will click on. That's something you do better than me. And I, cause I got to the point where I just don't care that much, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it definitely pays off for you. You have to have a good title and thumbnail. And so sometimes even creating those first, you have one friend that that's what she does. Yeah. She creates the title and thumbnail before she even records. Yes, for sure. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live? Anywhere in the world. I haven't been to enough places to pick. It has to be one place. I know <laughs> that is really difficult to pick one place. No place is perfect. I really enjoy parts of North Carolina. I was going to say the same thing. North Carolina coast has got some seriously good, good areas. I would have said California, but that's not an option anymore. <laughs> <laughs> if it was just weather, okay. If it was just weather, if it was California's... just weather, California is pretty awesome. Although it is the cold coast. The cool thing about North Carolina is that water is so much warmer. Yeah, that is true. I'm about to turn 30 and have big feels about it. How do you deal with, quote, big birthdays? <laughs> you're not going to like me on this one. But I I'm mean, like, you're almost 50. I am not you're, almost 50. You're basically dead. <laughs> this is a corpse across the table from me right now. I think you should just enjoy being your age. Stop letting the world or any even yourself tell you that it's a big deal. You are who you are. I love getting older. I, I really love it. There's something, maybe this is a woman thing. I don't know. You can tell me if this is the same for you. As a woman, as I've aged, I've gotten so much more comfortable with who I am instead of trying to like fit into this circle or group of people or trying to be like them. And I've really just embraced who I am. I'm much more confident. I'm much less tolerant of bad behavior from others, which in turn has made me a happier person because I don't allow people to treat me badly anymore, which means I may have fewer friends, but I have way better friends. 
here's a really cool idea. I've not done this, but I've been thinking about doing it a little bit more in the next couple of years. Find a big way to celebrate it. I had a friend who turned 40 and his goal was to run. He ran a marathon when he turned 40 and asked me to go run with him for a couple miles. Right. That's, that's right. Yeah. And it wasn't like a real marathon. He, he just ran 26 miles that morning. Yeah. Just, just cause he was 40. Just cause he was 40. I've heard of all sorts of people celebrating with all sorts of really fun, cool things like that. Do something epic to celebrate. I'm, you know, I'm graduating into a new phase of life. I don't know. No, I like that. I like that. Will you downsize after the kids leave the nest? Not the plan. No, not the plan. No, definitely not. Here's what I've noticed with all my friends is that their kids just keep coming back with their spouse and kids. And then they live with them for a few months. If anything, I want to have a place where people can come back and not be in my hair. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I want the family to be able to come back. I want them to feel like they're wanted and there's room. Yes. But when they do, I don't want to feel like... They're all up in my business. I'm going to kill them if they stay for longer than two days. Right. Exactly. You know, I think that's something my mom did really well when she built her house. Yeah. Is she created it to have company. So the grandkids go over all the time and spend the night and not like, it's actually not my kids very often. It's my nieces and nephews go a lot. Her sisters come and visit all the time. Her brother-in-law comes and visits. She's always has people coming to visit and staying. Well, I think that's the thing about being an empty nester is you under you have to understand you have more time for your siblings mm-hmm. and their spouses. And as you start to retire and they or graduate into new phases of life, you have more time to spend with those types of people. So just because you don't have kids in the house doesn't mean you don't need room. Yeah, good call. Best tips for preparing for another baby on a budget. So we'll say this is two or more. Okay, two or more kids, yes. Right. Going from one to two or two to three or whatever it is. Babies don't need that much stuff. I think that's the biggest issue with today. It's been going on for a while. I'd say the last 20 years. You know, they think they need all these things. Even the nursery furniture. Do you know how long a baby's in a crib? Two years. And then they're in a bed for like another 20 years after that. You need the bed way more than you need the crib. There's so so much baby gear that is such a waste of money. It was so interesting because it felt like the world told us we needed all this stuff. They did, yes. And after we went through those phases, I'm like, we don't really need all that. No, they're just going to vomit all over all their clothes. So they just need, like, they don't need nice ones when they're a newborn. They need some blankets, for sure. And there's so much baby stuff that's at consignment stores and secondhand. I would say those are really good places to go. Pack and plays make great cribs. I'm sorry. They do. Yeah, they really do. You don't need to have the big wooden, nice two or three or $400 crib. I don't even know how much they cost these days. I don't. Waste of money baby gear that I can think of. The baby bathtub, complete waste of space (laughs) and money, total garbage. But this is probably, for a second kid, this is probably something that other people already know. Oh yeah, that's probably true. Okay. Okay. I'll allow that. Right. So if you already have one... You know, if you're getting two, three, or four, what would you tell that person? I would tell them, not all kids are created equal. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You might just wait and see what you actually need if it's about stuff. You might just need earplugs. (laughs) You might. The baby swing was a must-have for me. Must, must-have. That was a lifesaver. Find a couple things that keep you sane. I love this question. Did you hike and bike with littles? 
If so, how? I currently have a two-year-old and a three-month-old. And dude, we did that all the time. I've got a great video on my YouTube channel that actually shows pictures of us doing this when we were much younger. Okay, so I'll have a link to that in the notes to go check that out. I mean, we did little things. We, we did, did short ones. We did not bike as much. No. When we did bike, we were in like state parks. We weren't doing some, we weren't doing the stuff that you see us doing today. No, no. That's definitely more recent with the older kids. We had little bike trailers and we were not doing like real mountain biking. We were just in dirt. <laughs> Sometimes I, I would even take them on paved trails. But when it comes to hiking, we hiked some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. But we kept it shorter when they were younger. I, I don't think we ever went longer than four miles. I was going to say five ever. was probably, I think Lone Star Geyser is about five. And I think that was about our max. And that was pushing it. That was long yeah. at the time. Tips for stay-at-home moms with young ones who struggle to find time for fitness. So obviously you are not a stay-at-home mom, Dave. This is um, not my answer. No, but I was. So maybe you can give a spouse's perspective on what you saw. So first of all, before I started running, I did not start running until I had had my third kid. Before that, it was like walks around the neighborhood with my friends in strollers and some DVDs, like Biggest Loser DVDs that I would do just at the house. I had the P90X DVDs, right? I do some of those just during their nap time. It was kind of hit and miss a little bit. But once I started running, do you remember I would get up at like five in the morning to go run for an hour because you left at six. Mm -hmm. and it was not fun. It's it's not fun to get up that early. It isn't, but it was the only time I could fit it in because running with a jogger stroller is the worst thing ever. I'll say you did fit it in a lot of early mornings, even before then with some of the earlier kids, you were teaching spinning really early in the mornings while I watched the kids or while they were asleep and I was watching the kids. Yeah, <laughs> super early. I, I would say... Sometimes in life, it gets really hard. You can't always do it. But if it is a priority for you, and honestly, it was for us in many cases, you can usually find a way, but you have to cooperate together as husband and wife and try to find ways that allow each person to have their time to go do something. So maybe it's running. Maybe you got some gym equipment in the house. I'll tell you, there's some really cool gym equipment you can put in the house today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. Maybe you're just, you know, if you can... Put a Peloton in, or if you can put a little spin, you know, one of the Peloton hack bikes that we put in, mm -hmm. those are really good solutions. You're not leaving the house if that's your goal. Maybe your goal is to leave the house and get a little sunlight. You know, going for a run is really cheap. Yeah, it sure is. You need a pair of shoes. As long as you have a spouse that can watch the kids while you're gone. Yeah, true. Okay, this is gonna be the last one. Hang on, one last thing. Okay. I also remember you trading. That's right. I traded with Teresa. Yeah. You traded, so uh -huh. one mom would watch the kids while the other mom exercised and vice versa. Yeah, so like she would go do a four-mile run and I would watch her twins. And then she'd come back to the house and she'd watch my kids while I did a four-mile run. Yeah, it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Okay, so last question. What is the biggest thing that you and I disagree on? The biggest thing we disagree on? My answer is the temperature that the house should be. I was going to say blankets on the bed. Oh, same topic, basically. <laughs> I'm always cold. And I'm always hot. And you are always hot. I am sweating just sitting here. It's your body mass. It's all that muscle is just generating all this heat. Scientifically, did you know that women, that women's skin is more sensitive to air temperature changes? I know. So women do actually get colder quicker just because we have that. I don't know why we have that. It is annoying. But... In my defense, 
I can't wait to hear what you're going to say. I bought you a dual zone heated blanket so that you could be heated when I didn't want to be. Yeah, but Rogue ate the cord and broke it, so <laughs> time to get a new one. But that was the compromise. It was. All right. I think we're going to leave it there. Okay. All right. See ya.